going live here we are hi guys how are we i hope everybody's doing really really well no one's on yet but i'm just gonna say hello anyway because oh there's someone so hi instagram hi twitter hi facebook hi everyone today i'm going to talk about something that if you don't do this one thing it, you're going to struggle with getting sober. It will keep you stuck in the cycle of drinking and not. Hold on, we're telling more followers. Excellent. Thank you, Instagram. Um, I've got my glasses on. I do wear glasses, but so everything's blurry, but I refuse to wear them on a live stream. So anyway, the power of belief and how your belief system will dictate to you whether you will stay sober continuously and sustainably for the rest of your life or you will fall off the wagon again or you'll struggle to even get on the wagon in the first place. So the importance of your belief system. Now, I'll just cut it back just for the ones that don't really understand belief system. Like we know what beliefs are, okay? So you might believe in God or you might believe, I mean, this is a fact, but the sky is blue. Um, you might believe that, I don't know, Rich people are assholes. You might have these certain sets of beliefs that you've developed through childhood and also in your upbringing and through your education and whatnot and the people that you've interacted with in your life, you have developed this whole belief system around all different aspects of your life and everything else that has come into your awareness. Now, the importance of belief in sobriety is that if you keep believing that you are not going to fix this or cure this or stop this, then that belief is like a dragnet. So you're dragging it along and it's just going to make you feel worse. And then you keep doubting yourself and worrying about like, why can't I do this? And if you think about a belief, it's it's like setting a destination on the GPS, right? So you set in your destination. So say you're going to a friend, new friend's house, for example, or a date right? You go for a booty call. <laughs> and so you put in the address in the GPS so that your navigation, so you know where you're going. Now, you get there in a timely fashion. Most of the time, Siri isn't perfect. Definitely. I've driven down some wrong roads, even really drove off a bridge. <laughs> but anyway, with so with this navigation system that we've got in our mind, all of our behaviours, all of our decisions, all of our emotions are moving in that direction to keep validating that belief. Now, in psychology, there's something called cognitive dissonance. So when you hold a belief really strongly, then any kind of outside influence to redirect you away from that belief, people kill for that we get very angry and we take a harder line on our beliefs or if we're already wobbly on that belief, then we can shift quite pliably. Now, take this to the whole alcohol scenario, right? So thinking about I, I when I say I, I mean all of us, but we've been conditioned from a really young age from the day we're born pretty much from the moment dad was wetting the baby's head, so to speak, um, we were conditioned to believe that alcohol was just it was just expected, it was cool, it was made people funny and then we grow up and we're just conditioned in this way. So anything that goes against that grain feels foreign. 
And I know that people that didn't drink before I stopped, I used to laugh at them. I get mocked by drinkers. I don't really care because I know that that is the brainwashing. And, you know, Alan Carr talks about this in his book. Um, He's got a few, but I read The Easy Way for Women to Quit Drinking. And he talks about this brainwashing that we've been told is um, like we've just had this brainwashing by society and by family and they've been brainwashed and then they've been brainwashed and everybody's been brainwashed around alcohol. And so now we want to step away from that. So you're creating this friction in your mind and body because there's still a part of you that believes that you will, you, you, that, that alcohol is in very intrinsic and it's, it's just a part of life. And so that's one of the biggest struggles we come up against is the people that we um, uh, th- that are around us that are still drinking, now we're making this change. So we're getting friction from them as well because of their brainwashing and so on and so forth. And so it's really important. You've got, to, you've got to work with your core beliefs and see what's going on there. Like what do I believe about alcohol? What's coming up for me? And then once you've said that, you're probably going to create some friction in your life because now you're deciding to go against the grain of those beliefs. And so when you flip that, when you start changing your belief system and telling yourself different stories, then your brain starts to believe it and then you start acting accordingly. And this is why I'm quite... I'm not that vocal. I am a little bit vocal around the term alcoholic. Now, as I say this, if someone wants to call themselves an alcoholic and that's what keeps them off the on the path of not drinking, so be it, okay? But it's, you know, for me, I find that that like it's a very stuck identity to put yourself in. And it's not something that you are. It's a behavior. It's a conditioned response that you have developed based on all of this conditioning. Um, and it's genetic, there can be genetics involved as well. But with genetics, it doesn't mean that you're going to be a drunk just because you are carrying that addictive gene. That's not the right language, but we'll just use that to keep it simple. And so when you um, when you kind of hold on to that identity and, you know, and I'm going to be controversial here and say that some people, I I did, I did in the beginning when I started doing it, but there's this sense of specialness that we get from calling ourselves certain things, okay? We like to race race other people to the bottom of the run and it's not a healthy way to think and be. And so there's this kind of thing of, oh, I'm an alcoholic, and then people expect applause for it. That's something that I don't enjoy. I hate getting applauded for quitting drinking because I think it's, it, it, you know, it just flies into that whole belief system about that this liquid has so much power over us, which it doesn't. It has no power over us other than the meaning that we've created around it. And so while you keep yourself embedded in believing that this liquid has anything then that's your mind. Your, that's your mind projected and that's your beliefs projected onto the bottle. So you're looking at this bottle and you are actually adding meaning to it. So I've got my big tea, which I never drink in my life, but I'm going to take a second to do that. But um, the beliefs that we create around the bottle, it's just a liquid in a glass. 
And when we put all this meaning around it, we think that this thing has power. So we've actually projected all of our beliefs and attitudes towards alcohol out onto this liquid. But it's just there. It is what it is, right? And so when when you go through this sobriety process, like if you work with me, the process is helping you step yourself out of the illusion that you're stuck and you're trapped and there's something wrong with you and just seeing this liquid for what it is. Just, that's it. Now, with that comes with creating that new navigation in your mind. So creating a new belief system, which can be challenging, okay? So it's something that I, you know, in all of my studies, it's something that I struggled with more than than actually working with the emotions. So I work with the emotions and the beliefs simultaneously. And so when you think about, when you go to your emotion, instead of getting your head and creating all these stories around alcohol and what you think it is, then you're able to ground yourself and you're able to clear that emotion and let it come up and through you and out of you much faster, which diminishes the trigger. It diminishes that charge that we get when we think about alcohol. And so you might think about a bottle of wine and you've associated it, so that's another fancy word, but association is you've got the liquid, the wine, let's say, and you have had some great experiences with drinking wine. You're sitting around with the girls drinking wine or you're for a guy, and I'm being generalizing with my sexes here, but if you're a guy in the beers and you're having drinks with the guys at the pub and what's that beeping? Oh, my dishwasher. Um, and there's, there's this whole association that you've created. There's this enjoyment that you've created, an emotional attachment that you've created, and your subconscious mind thinks it's the liquid when actually it's the experience. So you're having all these positive experiences. It's just that the liquid is entwined in that. And when you are able to move yourself away from the liquid, you can still have these experiences. It's going to be in a different way. And, yes, it brings up more stuff with our own insecurities and social anxiety and all of these different things. But inherently, like, really, when you look at it, you're just taking away a liquid and continuing to live your life. And so when you're able to step outside of the illusion that you are stuck and you are trapped and you, this thing has any power over you, then you're able to separate yourself from that and that's when you can still go to the pub with friends. You can be around drinkers. Like I'm going to Guns N' Roses um, with some people and I know that they're going to be doing coke. I know they're going to be drinking, but I don't care because I'm so detached from it. Uh, and, you know, I mean, I tried did cocaine after I stopped drinking and it was crap because usually I was drunk when I had it. So that was kind of like, oh, it's pointless. So you do get to that point where all of it is pointless because you can still go and have these experiences. And one interesting thing I noticed, this is a little off track, but I want to share, and it was a bit of an aha moment. So um, I'm studying a lot more, like going right in the depth around dopamine, okay? So dopamine, we're constantly chasing that dopamine high that we get when we think about alcohol and then we have a drink and then the dopamine goes away and then we feel drained. And so... It was interesting because I was a bit worried about the guns and roses thing. Everyone's going to be off their heads, bloody blah, blah. How am I going to handle this? Because I know that, you know, when I socialise, I get tired and I, I had this aha. I was like, oh, my God, it's because my dopamine would spike in the beginning 
and then I'd crash and then I'd be ready for bed at 10 o'clock. So this could be something to help you guys when you socialize. So you are going to the pub, friends are there, they're all drinking. So if you go kind of in this heightened state and you're overcompensating a little bit, you are, you're going to crash hard because you're using up all of this dopamine. Dopamine is kind of like um, Dr. Andrew Huberman says dopamine credits, right? So it's kind of like money where we're spending our dopamine and then we might run out of dopamine if we're not very good at managing it and so we crash. And so with alcohol, when we, when we have that dopamine high, now it's kind of stepped off from the dopamine and onto the alcohol and now we're in this inebriated state and so that's what keeps us going through the night. And so now you're taking that away. You're taking that alcohol part away. So you've got to manage yourself, your emotions and your way of being when you're socialising by managing that dopamine. And so when you don't spike yourself, so you can actually control this. And this is the interesting thing. And I, I'm just I'm fascinated by this one topic very much so. So when you're, um, uh, hang on, lost myself. So with the dopamine, we, we, you know, exercise gives us a nice little spike. Um, a hug, sex, that gives us little good spikes. But when we have the alcohol or drugs or, or something like that, that gives us a heightened spike, okay? Not only is the substance affecting our body and brain as it is, but also we're depleting ourselves of more and more dopamine. And so the more you drink, and I don't know if you've heard this, you might have done some of the research on the science, but you get depleted more and more and more, which means that you need more and more of that thing to get higher and feel better. And so when you learn how to manage your dopamine levels, like, you know, so you're not spiking yourself too much, or if you spike yourself, you consciously go, now nah, I'm going to spike myself. I'm going to have such a good night. I'm going to dance like a maniac, not going to drink. And then I know I'll crash, you know, at some point and then I'll go home and I'll be right. So then now you're starting to be more conscious about how you're handling it. And that's that's the point. And so when you start working on those beliefs and the way that you manage this and your emotional regulation around being around people who are drinking but also getting yourself off the booze, then it becomes like easy for lack of a better word. Because now you're thinking, okay, I'm going to look at this in a different way. So now I'm not, I have to quit drinking. I've got to quit drinking. I'm sick of myself. I hate myself. And you're all in this emotion and all of all of this blindness that we feel when we're trying to change something. And now you're like, you've got this new knowledge of going, hang on. So what I'm really doing when I feel like a drink, I'm chasing the dopamine. Okay. I'm chasing that spike. So what if I was able to catch myself, change your belief again around that and go, okay, so it's not actually the liquid that I'm chasing. It's because I've associated the this dopamine spike with this liquid, all right? Now, I'm just talking about alcohol, drugs, all of that have different, I don't really touch that because it's not my area, okay? So I've been, it was my area, it has been my area in the past, guarantee. Um, but in terms of what substances, other substances do your body, I don't really, I'm, I'm not 100%, okay? So I don't want to talk out my ass. So basically when you have that moment, when you're like, oh, I feel like a drink, 
Ask yourself, what do I need instead? What do I actually need right now? It's not a drink. Oh, I, oh, I think I need a drink. It's not a drink that I need. I need something. Do I need a hug? Do I need to masturbate? Do I need to eat something? Do I need to go for a walk? What do I need right now? And in all honesty, it's just going to be I need this dopamine spike. Like I just need some more dopamine. And it was interesting as well with, with all of this study that I was doing on this and learning more about it was now I do ask myself that. I'm like, okay, I want to eat something, for example. Now, sometimes I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to eat something. But now I'm really conscious of it's because I'm just chasing this spike. It's actually nothing to do with the food, for example, um, and it, as it is to do with that really pleasurable feeling, that reward feeling we get in our brain, which releases through our whole body, and then we start to feel really good. But it wears off, okay? And so when you start regulating that dopamine, then you start to feel so much better. So if you are ready to stop drinking, I have got the Alcohol Free in 30 Days Challenge. This challenge, I have a guarantee that if you do the work, because you've got to do the work because, you know, that's just going to just has to happen. But if you do the work and over the 30 days and by the end of it, you are still craving alcohol, I will give you all of your money back and you get to keep that lot. That's how confident I am in my work. And I'm not saying that because I'm a wanker or anything like that. I've been doing this for a long time. I've been working with people for 14 years in all areas. I started out as a dating coach for men. And all of it led to understanding attachment and our need to attach ourselves to things and then our need to use liquids and other substances and things to fill up that need for attachment, which is a whole other topic. I might talk about that tomorrow. So um, the link is in the comments to the Alcohol Free in 30 Days Challenge. You get hypnosis. So you do a hypnosis every night. Uh, you get little techniques every day to do on yourself. And so, but it's, I try to keep it as simple as possible. I don't want to overload you with bullshit, okay? I'm teaching you a way of thinking. Now, this flies in the face of a lot of other types of thinking, all right? Um, but this is the new modern way. This is what I say it's different, but there's also, you know, there's, there's other resources out there and I've brought it all together just to help you guys succeed, and not feel like drinking ever again, where you just take it out of the equation and that's that. And you feel so good in yourself and so proud of yourself and you're regulating your dopamine so that you're feeling so much better. Just lost Instagram. Hang on. There we go. Hi, Instagram. Um, uh, hang on. That's all right. Just going to quickly read that. Be request. Oh, it keeps cutting out. Okay. Um, yes, yeah, so the link is in the comments of this. And if you're on Instagram, the link is in my bio under the sobertribe.com forward slash AF to join the Alcohol Free in 30 Days Challenge. So have an awesome day, guys, and I will see you tomorrow. And broadcast.